0: Welcome to The Compassionate Life with Dr. Brittany King. In this hour, you'll hear stories about kindness, selflessness, and, of course, compassion. The hope is that you'll be inspired to create some compassionate moments of your very own. Now, here is Dr. Brittany
2: King. Hi, I'm Dr. Brittany King, and you're listening to The Compassionate Life on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. Today, we get the pleasure of hearing from Nicholas Tuchek, who is running the world for children. This superstar comes in a small package with a seriously ginormous heart. Nick was officially the youngest person in all of history to complete seven marathons on seven continents, all at the age of 11 years old. I first had the pleasure of meeting Nick and his family in Antarctica and Chile in 2013. We also got to run the Victoria Falls Marathon together in 2014. Um, So if you're not believing it yet, inspiration certainly comes in all shapes and sizes. Um, And and on top of that, Nick actually believes in doing what you do um, and utilizing your talent for good. So in September of 2014, Nick did set that world record at age 11, and he raised over $42,000 for Operation Warm. Operation Warm is an organization that provides new coats to underprivileged children, Currently, Nick is setting his sights even grander. He's now completing running a marathon in each of all of the 50 states in his stateside campaign. And is he doing it just for himself? No. This time, he's chosen the SEVA Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the prevention of blindness and preservation of eyesight to donate all of his running to. So, welcome, Nick. Hi, Nick. Are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm here. Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, no, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, speak with us this hour. It's, it's quite, it's going to be an inspirational hour. Um, I think everybody's really excited to hear from you.
1: Um, yeah, of course. Thank you.
2: <laughs> pleasure is here. So, um, well, why don't we, let's just do a little background. Um, Nick, how old are you right now? I'm 13. 13 years old. That's insane. So I'm I'm over double that. <laughs> Well, um, I I gave a little bit of information there about your continent uh, mission, but let's kind of back up because obviously that was a a long-term goal in the making. Uh, When was your very first five k?
1: I did my first five k at the age of five.
2: Five years old. That that's in that's impressive. Um, Do you remember where was it?
1: Um, It was at my school.
2: At school. (laughs) very cool is that your dog in the background (laughs) yeah we'll we'll get we'll get to talking a little later about how uh pets and, and animals have been an inspiration too along the route but um so why why do you like to run did you um do you like to run because you know it has to do with kind of a family uh support system or did you always like running
1: Um, I guess I've always been super energetic, and uh, with other sports like baseball or football, there's always, like, intermissions and times where you're sitting on the bench and everything. But with running, there's really no rules, and you can go as long and far as you want. And um, it's just being free that I kind of, like...
2: That's, re- that's actually really true. Um, wait, so other sports. Now, I, I did hear that you had some baseball tryouts recently. Are you, are you trying out for the baseball team in the fall?
1: Um, yeah, I'm, on, I'm currently playing for All Star Baseball Academy. So um, I tried out a couple weeks ago and I made that.
2: Oh, congrats! That's pretty Thank awesome. You. No. Um, what about did you yeah, and your dad um has obviously done a lot of athletic um endeavors too. Did you um did you start running with your, your dad and your father during, you know, getting going as far as building up from a five K and further?
1: Yeah, he's always he's um always been my biggest inspiration and he's always been there for me and I started running with him um because he was getting ready for a couple of races, so um, I just, every time he went out, I wanted to go out with him and, uh, I learned that I liked it and went out every time. And eventually I, I was doing the races too. And, um, we just worked up from there.
2: That's really cool. Yeah. And you're helping with your dad's in the reserves too. So that's a, that's a yeah. really awesome, you know, uh, support system, but also, I mean, he, it, it's much better than sitting inside and playing video games, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, All right, so then from the 5K, did you do anything in between that and a marathon, or did you just jump straight to a marathon?
1: Um, No, I started with the 5K, and then I went um, from 10K to the half marathon, and after that I went into um, training more for it, and eventually finally did my first marathon.
2: That's awesome. I mean, that's really smart, too. You don't just want to, you know, do a, a three mile run and then jump to 26 miles so that was really yeah, important course. to yeah, to do it in that stepwise fashion um, so when and where was your very first marathon was this part of your uh, seven continent quest
1: uh, yes it was my first was um, at the age of nine in Delaware December 1st uh, 2012
2: and that was the uh, fortitude for first descents one right yes that's incredible. Age of nine. I don't even know what I was doing when I was nine, but I d- definitely was <laughs> not running a marathon. <laughs> um, do you remember any specific favorite part of that marathon or just that it was amazing because it was the completion of your very first one?
1: Um, I think uh, my favorite part was crossing the finish line and seeing all my friends and family and um, just running to my mom's arms and knowing that I had just completed what everyone had said I couldn't ever do, um, just the fact that I, w- I was able to complete it and everyone that I cared about was there to see it um, was probably the best part.
2: Oh, no, that, that's actually really, really cool. I, I mean, I've had the chance to meet all of your family members, including your sister and your mom, too, when later in Africa. But um, your family support system is incredible, and that, I mean, I really think whether you know, we'll talk a little bit more later about, I me. Mean, your sister has some some writing and, and some books out and things like that, that you all support each other in your own endeavors. Um, yeah, definitely. Just makes, We're
1: always there for each other, and I definitely couldn't have done any of it without them, so.
2: No, I mean, it makes the the dreams possible, so it's really yeah. cool. It's a great example of a, of a family model. Um, mm-hmm. so, so at that time when you ran your first marathon, had you already in in the you know back of your head been thinking about I want to do the seven continents or um, when did you start to think about I want to run a marathon on every single continent
1: yeah I first came up with the idea after my first half marathon which was in March of 2012 um, I had tons of energy and I wanted to do a marathon obviously and um, so I just thought I came up with the crazy idea and my dad was he just looked at me like there's probably not even marathons in all seven continents, but we <laughs> looked it up and, and found it and, uh, put the plan into action.
2: Now that, uh, that, so that's, I mean, that's really inspirational. You're, you are a different, different human being for sure. I don't think a lot of young ones are thinking, um, goals like that so early on. So, um, All right. Well, let's keep going. So can you tell us a little more, um, about, so you ran all seven for, um, what you call, well, obviously running the world for children. Um, but it was with Operation Warm. How did you pick Operation Warm and why? Was there a a specific reason for, for picking that charitable organization?
1: Yeah. Um, my grandfather started it and I'd always been involved with it, um, at, from a very young age, uh, I had helped with coat distributions, and I'd seen the actual kids receiving the coats and had given the coats to them. So when I um, came up with the idea to do the Seven Continents, I wanted to raise money for that um, organization. And just knowing that, like, what I was doing that I loved to do, um, but also helped other kids, uh, hmm. it just felt so awesome that I could do that and actually change their life.
2: No, I mean, that. that's so true. That's beautiful. That's, I mean, exactly what, like, I, I really truly feel our purpose here is to take your talent um, or whatever it is you feel your calling is and use it for good. So you're not just because I love to run and I love to travel. It's I want to do this for the good of the whole and, you know, and raise money for a, a really notable cause. I mean, that was not only was it... Um, you know, i um, just really ingenious to, to think about what you could do for something you already were involved in, but then how you could take your talent and raise more awareness. Um, and it was yeah. seriously no small feat. I mean, you raised over $42,000 for this Operation Warm. I mean, that's massive. That's a massive amount of fundraising. You should be really, <laughs> really proud of that. Um uh, really really noble so um okay so we heard about your first marathon can you um take us actually through um all of the marathons we may get through a few of them and then we'll come back after the break and go through the rest but where was your second marathon after the 42 uh, my second first marathon season. was
1: in antarctica
2: okay yep and that that's when we met
1: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> that's awesome that was and uh where was that in antarctica
1: where it was in
2: yeah King George Island right yes okay yeah no that's awesome and um, that was in 2013 but you also ran it again right mm-hmm. the next year of 2014 in 2014 so you've been to Antarctica twice and you're mm-hmm. 13 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um do you remember anything specific about that marathon? I I really enjoyed that marathon. Um but what?
1: Yeah, that was definitely um, one of my favorites. Um just like meeting you and everyone there um that was supporting me. Uh everyone's story was different, but everyone was equal, equally amazing and also just seeing like the wildlife and how different it is down there compared to where I live. Um like the penguins and the sea lions and everything about it was just spectacular.
2: No, it was really it really is true though. Um, it, it each time you travel, I mean you just your eyes are open to a different culture and it just makes you a more just more aware of, of the rest of the world. Um, yeah. Antarctica was definitely, and um, I don't know what kind of stuck out in my mind. Well, there are a couple things, and we'll keep talking about them, but um, just their respect of the environment. Um, do you remember how, I mean, whatever comes onto Antarctica comes off of Antarctica? Like, you yeah, know, you right there, yeah. Anything there. We were so conscious of, like, if you brought a power bar wrapper, that's going to come off you on the plane. You're going to go back with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I know the penguins were amazing. Did um, did you wear anything fun or specific for that marathon? <laughs> or, or yeah, uh,
1: after the race, once <laughs> I completed, it, I wore a penguin suit, and that was really funny. Yeah. I remember that.
2: I do remember that. Um, I want to say the Cubas had brought it. Um, um Marsha oh, yeah. and uh, her husband. Yeah, but then we all had taken turns, like taking a photo <laughs> at the finish line yeah. with the. The penguin suit that was pretty fun um Antarctica had challenges though um we were trying to finish that marathon and the plane needed to leave because of the weather and do you remember having to like board it at the last minute and make sure to get there and that I mean that's something totally unpredictable that you don't even plan for before you run the marathon that that was crazy yeah literally like we were running to the plane to run up the stairs and people had carried our bags basically to be able to complete that that marathon so um that's awesome well nick it's actually time for a quick break so we're going to hear from our sponsors here um and then we're going to be back in a couple of minutes and we'll continue talking about the rest of your continent quest and then your current stateside quest stay tuned
0: motivate change succeed voice america do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands remember you are not alone Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment.
3: It's time to access your magic.
0: Listening to The Compassionate Life. To reach Dr. Brittany King or her guest today, please call into our program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to brittanyking.swimbet at gmail.com. Now, back to
2: the show. Thanks for joining us again. Um, I'm Dr. Brittany King, and you're listening to The Compassionate Life, and we're speaking with Nicholas Tuchek right now, and we just finished talking about his second marathon completion in Antarctica. Um, Nick, where was your third one?
1: Uh, My third marathon was in South America, in Chile.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, we we like Chile. Um, Did you, anything specific you really liked about the Chile marathon? Uh,
1: just running on along the water and seeing the the Magellan Strait and the Drake Passage, like all that was was really awesome. And seeing the dolphins jump up and just like the sun the sunrise um, it's, it's just crazy how you see different things wherever you go, and it's awesome to get like experience um, yeah. all those different things.
2: Yeah, no different things, and then different people, like you talked about too. I mean, I've um, each one of those marathons, I've been so blown away by the different humanitarians across the globe that I've met and what they're doing, and how you can be inspired to, you know, reach out in your own community um, to try something like that. Um, so I actually think we have a caller. Her name's Katie from Maine. Um, let's hear from Katie.
4: Hi. Um, Hi, Katie.
2: You? Hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. Thanks for calling Hi. in. Good, how are you? Good. Um, how do you know Nick? Um, We've kind of been watching him
4: growing up and um, watching him start the process of running and supporting him through all the runs. Um, and it's just really exciting to see him be so
2: successful. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Thanks for calling in. Um no, it, it's inspiring. I mean, you're if, if you've gotten to know their family, their, your whole, you know, for a while now. I I've met them just kind of intermittently here and there, but it is inspiring. Um do y'all do any running at, at all or or just just support um, system? Yeah, we're
4: we're all kind of athletic um runners and yoga and bikers. Um
2: so we all kind of do that
4: too.
2: <laughs> awesome. Are you are you gonna see Nick run any of his upcoming marathons in the stateside campaign? No, I don't think we'll be around for
4: that, but we're definitely gonna be supporting him and cheering for him.
2: Awesome. No, that's what it's all about. The support system, the you know, the the awareness um and everything. So do you have any questions for Nick or myself? Yeah, I had um, a question I wanted to ask him.
4: Good. Go ahead. Um, hi, I was just wondering what kinds of things you think about as you're running, what you think about in your mind when you're, um, you know, feel yourself getting tired, what you like to do to keep yourself going.
1: Hey, yeah, Um. Uh, I guess... A lot of times when I get tired, um, I think about who I'm helping and how I uh, they they aren't really strong um, enough to fight, and they don't have as much uh, privileges and access to things as I do. So I just think that um, I have to keep fighting and pushing on for them. Wow, that is
2: awesome. so inspiring. No, that's really true. I mean, to have that perception, Nick. Um, thank you for pointing that out, Katie. That, I mean, we all come from different backgrounds and we live in different environments. And when things get tough in your daily life or your race or whatever it is, but being able to put that in perspective, and then yeah. you know realize like what your what your purpose is, what your what are you doing this for, and 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 you're you're bringing things to people who don't have those because of your effort. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, it's really great. At such a young age, you're so, you know, inspired and aware of that, that how lucky you are. And, you know, I'm sure you act as a hero and a role model to many when they hear your story.
2: Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you, Katie. Thanks for calling. Yeah, well, of course. Thank you. And good luck to us. Thank you. You're <laughs> being awesome. Yeah, and for, for those who are listening, too, you can find Nick on nickrunstheworld.com on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but you can also link into nickrunstheworld.com and donate to his current stateside campaign for the SEVA Foundation, too. Um, so, okay, so we were at Marathon 3. Where was Marathon 4, then, after Chile?
1: Um, after Chile, it was in uh, Brisbane, Australia.
2: Ooh, down under! <laughs> did you like Did you like that marathon? Any kangaroos along the route?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I saw um, kangaroos. I actually got to hold a koala, and um, my some of my family was down there. So, um, being able to see them and how I never really get to see them since they're so far away, um, that was really cool.
2: Oh, that's really cool, actually. Um, yeah, definitely to be able to see family that's abroad um, while you're there. So um, that's really cool. And then what about Marathon 5? Where was that?
1: Um, marathon 5 was in uh, Switzerland.
2: Ooh. Now, was that cold, or what kind of climate was that one?
1: Um, it was actually raining the whole time, so... <laughs> It was actually a super tough marathon because it was up in the mountains and it was the highest city in Europe. So um, having to climb the mountains and with the rain, uh, the whole thing was just a super, super tough marathon.
2: Oh, but you, I mean, it is hard. Elements are definitely hard. I remember my Greece marathon from Battle of Marathon to Athens and that poured rain the whole time and it was... yeah. It it adds a completely different challenge, but you weathered through it. um, And that's, you know, I mean, there's not always going to be a favorite marathon. There's going to be some that are just plain tough. um, Mm -hmm. But you plugged on. What was Marathon 6?
1: Marathon 6 was in Africa, Zimbabwe.
2: Mm, That one was awesome, huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that was amazing, seeing Victoria Falls. And you were there, so it was great seeing someone um, that I kn- I knew before. Um, yeah. Just the whole thing of it was, like, really cool and fun.
2: Now oh, Victoria Falls is unbelievably beautiful. It honestly has been one of my favorite travel trips of all time. And we got the chance to go to um, when we rode elephants. We did um, Chobe National Park and a, a riverboat yeah, cruise. Yeah, that was so and- fun. It was so awesome, um, and then the actual uh, marathon too, which we'll I'll end up interviewing later. But um, one of the their national superstars, Kirsty Coventry, um, she's in the Olympics right now for the the her fifth Olympics, and she was there speaking at our marathon, which was really inspirational. But you um, you did something a little special there, a, a couple things actually. Um, can you tell me about the orphanage that? that you and your your family helped um, when we were there in Africa?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, we decided to go to an orphanage that wasn't too far away, um, and we rode there and brought them a couple things. Uh, my sister is actually a writer, so she brought them her books, and they were just blown away that she actually had wrote them. And her picture was on the back, and they were just so funny, like realizing that it was actually her And, uh, we brought them candy and they just freaked out because they can't really afford it. So, um, they were so happy to be able to get that. And then also I met this one, um, really special kid named gift and, uh, I got, I brought him a pair of running shoes and he, and they're so appreciative about everything that they get since they're so underprivileged. And, um, it was just a beautiful thing to see them happy.
2: And that's incredible. I mean, I, it, not only are you know you're you've got a in the back of your mind an entire um charity that you're raising money for, but at each single one of these marathons, you're going above and beyond um you know what you did for him is it it's really awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, Africa was Africa is definitely one to uh you'll remember that forever. and you know those ripple effects. I mean, that's just gonna. Um, I don't know. I mean, people obviously realize there's a snowball effect, but um, what you did for him then just trickles down. So, um, and then how about your very last marathon? So now you're getting so close to completion of the seven. And where was that?
1: My last marathon was in Kazbigi, Georgia.
2: Okay. And, And how about challenges of that one? I heard there were some passport issues and changes and... Um, yeah, so originally we had
1: scheduled, um, our last marathon to be in Chennai, India. Mm-hmm. And so we flew to Dubai and we got our a ticket and we, we landed in Chennai and we got off the plane and they actually stopped us and brought us to like this little holding cell area. And it was like, it was just so stressful and scary, um. And eventually, after, like, a couple hours, we spent the whole night in the airport, um, they deported us, and we were just thinking that there's no way that this can happen, because in our whole travel traveling experiences, um, for this one to be able to get canceled, it just couldn't happen. So they deported us back to Dubai, and we were trying to figure out every way we could to get back. So finally we realized that we weren't going to be able to do it. Um, so we looked online and actually found a marathon the next um, the day before, and we were able to sign up for that one. So we flew in and got a little bus, um, drove a couple hours into the mountains, and we just slept for the rest of the day because it had just been... We hadn't slept in 36 hours, and it was just uh, a crazy experience. But um, now looking back, it was just—it's um, pre- pretty funny how like you never experience that stuff. But uh, for us to be able to already do it, and I'm only 13, um, I know what to do. You just can't panic, and it's a good life lesson, I guess.
2: No, I mean that. No, that's an incredible story. To be so close, you have one marathon to go. And then it's true, every single continent you'd go to is a major logistical challenge. Yeah. Um, and then to have your, you know, your goal and your dream just the nervousness around it that uh, might not happen, and then being able to adjust your plans. I mean, honestly, it speaks volumes just because um, I mean you're you're not you have no idea where you're gonna go. You found something, you're able to do it, execute it, make it make it happen, um, is I mean that's it's really incredible. May not have yeah, been. Yeah, we were marriage. lucky
1: because there was only two marathons in Asia that whole weekend, um, and oh. we were signed up for both. And it's pretty it's pretty crazy that we were actually able to be, be able to complete it.
2: That's amazing. No, that really is. Um, I think there are obviously higher powers, um, you know, helping assist that. So. Um, and that's it. That was the seven continents right there. I mean it seems so simple just to talk about it in 30 minutes, but um, what you did is, is really incredible. All at the age of 11, raising over forty something thousand dollars. Um, it's pretty impressive. So we are actually yeah, going to take our, our another break. Thank you, Nick for telling us all about that um and we will be back in about two minutes or so and then we'll we'll continue on this is the compassionate life on voice america's empowerment channel and i'm dr king and we're speaking with nicholas (coughs) tuchek
0: On Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
3: Women in sport has come a long way in a reasonably short time. In the 1950s, most women's sport was casual, recreational competition, followed by snacks or a light lunch. Today, women's sport is competitive, powerful, and in the mainstream, whether it's collegiate, Olympics, or professional leagues. Tune in to Women & Sport, The Long Road Up, where you'll discover the path that women's sport has taken over the past 50 years and more, featuring your host, Carol A. Oglesby. Listen Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America.
0: are listening to The Compassionate Life. To reach Dr. Brittany King or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to brittanyking.swimbat at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
2: Hi, we're back. I'm Dr. Brittany King, and we're hearing from Nicholas Tuchek, who is 13 years old, and he is running the world for children. We just finished talking about his completion of a marathon on every continent and the world record that he holds for that. And now we're going to talk about his newest campaign, and this is the stateside campaign. So, Nick, can you tell me a little bit more about what the stateside campaign involves?
1: Yeah, um, I'm trying to be the youngest person to run a marathon on all 50 states. Um, but mainly i'm trying to raise money for the Seva Foundation, and they try to eliminate treatable blindness
2: that's all that's really awesome and impressive so we went from seven Thank to you. fifty <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, how How did you pick the Seva foundation?
1: Well, my dad is an eye doctor and he's been to a, a bunch of third world countries to help people like that. And um, I was just really inspired because I couldn't even imagine not being able to see. Um, so I, I felt a connection and I really wanted to help.
2: No, I mean, it, it, it's obviously really true. Like we, i um, thinking about a, a basic sense that you have and and not being able to have that sense. And then, Um, Well, supporting, you know, your father's like passion and and then being able to help with that again, not just running marathons and traveling the world, but doing it for a really incredible cause. Um, So this is I mean, this is a harder goal, though, for you, because it's clearly more marathons, but it's going to take more time. You know, seven you can complete in you know, year plus or whatnot. But this is um, going to take some more time. How? How much money have you already raised and um what what's kind of your goal
1: um i'm just I'm not exactly sure how much we've raised so far um mm-hmm. but my goal is pretty much just being able to raise as much awareness and money as I can. Um, I don't have a specific number uh but pretty much I just want to spread the word and tell people yeah. that like an eye surgery is only about five dollars so you know, it, it doesn't take much to help one kid or one adult um, to be able to see again.
2: No, that that's actually really true, um, and it's not necessarily about a dollar amount. Um, sometimes you can't put the dollar amount behind the awareness that you're raising as well at the same time. So, yeah, I think that's a you know that's a really healthy perspective, um, and I know it's going to get a lot more momentum as each state's completed. So I've heard that in the last couple of weeks, you've run quite a few marathons. Um, so this will this coming Saturday will be your fifth marathon in four weekends, right? Yeah. And where um, is this actually, one? I have
1: one on Sunday or on Saturday in North Dakota and on Monday in Colorado.
2: Wow, that's a lot. Um, do you do you ever get tired? <laughs>
1: Um I guess um I'm so used to it now that um it's really not that much of a challenge. Of course every marathon you can never say um this marathon was easy. There are tougher ones, but every marathon is its own challenge. Um but really once you get um kind of accustomed to it, it's kind of a second nature almost.
2: Right. And you're and I think too. I mean, um can you can you talk a little about about Um, what it means to have a goal of completion, um, you know, completing a marathon versus running a marathon. I mean, it's okay to do a run walk um, method. Um, Can you, can you talk a little bit more about your goal on that? I mean, do you feel like you have to run every marathon a hundred percent, but it's more about complete versus competing?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I I try not to worry about time or compete in any marathon um, because it's, such a long-term goal 50 marathons i mean that's that's a lot so it's Mm -hmm. not like i have one and i can go all out um i have to be prepared to run another one like in maybe two weeks you know so you can't 48 um, hours (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's right um so you you gotta um, be careful make sure you're not hurting yourself or anything um because the harder you run the more chance you can get hurt um and i definitely want to uh, avoid that so
2: you know i think that's that's really true and, and i think some people may have you know stipulations or questions around age and running marathons but um with the consultation of doctors and professional advice and things like that it's more about um not that you're not fast by the way because you are <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know ke- keeping your 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 body in tune and in shape, um, and listening to your body. And it's, I mean, everybody has a different goal and the goal is whatever you set personally and, and then being able obviously to complete 50, but, um, listening to that and then, you know, completing versus, um, i I'll bet pretty soon by your, your 50th, you're going to have some record for the fastest on all continents at some point. <laughs> I'm sure <Yeah>. <laughs> Um so how many states have you completed thus far prior to this coming weekend?
1: Um right now
2: I have thirty-four states completed. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> so I thought about one day trying to do a stateside campaign, but that's absolutely insane. I mean that yeah. we're talking you've how many marathons have you run total in your whole life then? Forty something? Uh forty one. Right yeah that's a big deal <laughs> that's um that's really impressive so um well best of luck to in the in the North Dakota and the Colorado I've been to where you're going in Colorado so oh, really? that'll be yeah um in Durango a while back um actually we've done a Christmas vacation there so Durango Silverton that area yeah so that'll be That'll be really great. And then um, people can find your cause, um, again, for the SEVA Foundation, and they can donate. And that's going to be at nickrunstheworld.com. So please make sure to visit that site for anybody who's listening. Um, so I, I did want to talk a little bit about um, kind of the animals you've met along the way, uh, mainly because I'm a veterinarian. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I know you have your own puppy, Cosmo, and then um, any inspirational pets along the way that you've met during your marathons?
1: Um, I guess a a big one, Um, one of my favorite animals was uh, the penguins. So when I was there, um, that was just totally amazing because we were like studying them while I was in school and then actually being able to go up and see them in their natural habitat and everything. That was super awesome. And then, as I said before, I got to hold a koala, um, and that was that was so awesome, because um, it's not every day. You can just go over and see them just climbing in trees as you're running along and everything. Um, and just, like, I love dogs. It's my favorite animal. Um, so everywhere Yay. I go, it's, it's kind of yeah, <laughs> cool to see the different breeds. Like, when I went to Alaska, there were a lot of huskies, and like really big dogs and then other times when I'm running in the city it's all like um, little dachshunds and city dogs that like sit in their purses and everything so it's really cool to see um, different things like that
2: oh, That's really true um, Now what about Cosmo too? Do you ever, do you train with Cosmo at all?
1: Yeah, um, I used to run with him every time um, when I was home uh, He's Turning seven now, so um, he's still really active, but he gets way too energetic and he almost hurts himself. So uh, (laughs) we take him for walks now.
2: He's helping to train you, right? (laughs) Yeah. I've got a little new guy right now too. That when I finish like my long jog in the morning, I'll take him for about a mile or so just to burn off his energy. (laughs) Yeah. But no, no, that's that's great. I mean, it's all about um, just like total family um, health and wellness so um, being able to keep your pet healthy at the same time Um, so that's that's really awesome Um, all right so I wanted to talk a little bit more about I know you've had in, from an, another inspirational standpoint, you've had the chance to meet some pretty famous people um, like Katie Couric and Dean Karnazes. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about those two specifically?
1: Uh, yeah, um, I guess when I was on Katie Couric's show, um, my mom had seen her show. And like, it's it's kind of funny how uh, one day we just got a call and they asked me to actually come in. And um, I was just so blown away that uh I was actually going to be able to be on her show cuz like there're a bunch of famous people that were already on her show you know mm-hmm. so like being able to be part of that group um it kind of sank in that like I I was like kind of a big deal and I, I was like really amazed and pretty um happy um and then actually meeting Dean um he was one of the first people to actually say go for it and go run your marathons and not someone that was like oh you're you're too young you're going to hurt yourself um and stuff like that so he was a big supporter and he's a, a big person in my life um and a huge inspiration
2: that's awesome. No, but um, I'm going to back up a second there. So on Katie Couric, um, you are also famous, too. You are definitely part of that and deserved every bit of being on that being on that, that show with her. So um, who, who's been your favorite person? Probably Dean then, right? Um, just because of the fact that, yeah, I mean, people have a lot of stipulations around age and what you should put your yeah. physical body test too, um but would you say dean has been your favorite
1: yeah probably um just because he was with me from the beginning um even before i had even proven that i could run a marathon he he told me i could do it and that anything you put your mind to as long as you're ready for it um you can complete anything you want
2: it's no it's really true um when we talked about the physical challenges but I would say most athletic endeavor is more mental than physical. I mean, yes, you have to be physically prepared and trained, but so much of it is that mental battle that you go through um, during it. Yeah, I mean, all the things you face, whether it's weather or the conditions or the restroom facilities or the um, nutrition that you're provided on the course I remember a marathon specifically that gave us sugar cubes and water as at at the aid stations (laughs) I I mean that's not something you're prepared for you're not training for but it's your mental ability to move past that um so yeah Dean's pretty inspirational obviously too but you are as well so um how about any, um, interviews, uh, like newspaper wise, or do you remember any specifically there that you liked?
1: Um, uh, I guess the Unionville times I live in Unionville. So, um, like being able to be interviewed by like our big local paper. Um, that was pretty awesome because like ev- all my friends and their parents and everything, uh, they would read it and I would actually be in the same magazine that or um uh newspaper that they read, so it was kinda cool how like I was actually kind of a, a local celebrity almost. And uh also another one that um was pretty cool to be in was Sports Illustrated and People magazine. So those were pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome to be in.
2: Yeah, those, those are pretty awesome. <laughs> but, um, su- I mean, super cool that actually you picked your very first one to be that you inspired your local community, um, which I think is one of the goals, you know, of just this show really is, is for people to find out what they can do locally um, that can inspire yeah. others. So awesome. All right. Well, Nick, it is time for another quick break, um, and then when we return, we'll we'll speak again, and we'll um, we'll get to talk about all the awards you've received, um, and kind of your advice for for other people. So um, this is talk about all the awards you've received, um, and kind of your advice for for other people. So um, this is Nicholas Tuchek, and I'm Dr. Brittany King, and this is a Compassionate Life, and we'll be right back.
0: On Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
3: When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception?
0: Listening to The Compassionate Life. To reach Dr. Brittany King or her guest today, please call into our program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to brittanyking.swimbet at gmail.com.
2: Now, back to the show. I am Dr. Brittany King, and this is A Compassionate Life on Voice America's Empowerment Channel, and we're having the pleasure of hearing firsthand from Nicholas Tuchek, who was the youngest person in the entire world, Guinness Book of World Records, to run a marathon on every continent, currently doing a stateside campaign. Um, thanks for coming back for our final segment, Nick. Um So we're going to talk a little bit more about, I mean, every, all of this is so impressive, but um, just, a, just a little bit more about, like, I mean, what, what is your daily routine like? Um, you're, you're running your school. You're a teenager now, um, eating, sleeping. Um, how about how many um, practices do you do a day? Um, I
1: guess uh, daily routine. Sleep is definitely in a very important thing. Um, uh, school always comes first that's for sure. Uh, You have to make sure you have good grades before you can perfect any sports that you do. Um, You know, so I guess it, and it varies on the season, I guess, for my practices, like, for, uh, you know, wrestling, Uh, I used to have, like, two practices a day, um, five days a week and everything. Um, And then baseball, I, I was on Four teams this season, so uh, it's definitely kind of hard to juggle everything but um, you just need to have like an open mind and um, make sure you're you know eating pretty well and uh, keeping your grades up and everything.
2: It's true though, I mean a balance. So it's all about a healthy balance and and maybe a little yeah. bit of compar, you know, compartmentalization there with different sports too and and putting as much as you can into each one but also having some of the the downtime too. Um what do you like to do yeah, for fun? That's very it, <laughs> it is. The downtime is how you rest and rejuvenate. So um anything what what's your favorite thing to do? out of all of everything else, like we're taking sports aside and obviously school aside, but <laughs> anything else? Um, what would I guess be your choice?
1: Favorite thing, um, probably just being with my family and, you know, hanging out with friends and uh, being with my dog because they're all like huge parts of my life. Um, besides sports, they're, they're pretty much my whole life. So, um, yeah, being with them, and uh just making sure that you know you you have time for them because you know yeah you have a busy life but you got to make sure that you have enough time to you know see them and um hang out with them because without them I pretty much wouldn't be doing any of this so
2: Right. No. I mean, it, it, it's full circle. I think that's super important and a really healthy perspective too. That, um, I mean, not only do you choose that. I mean, that's your that's your thing. You want to do is support them back and and enjoy your family time too. But yeah, I mean, it's a it the, the logistics behind the family support. I mean obviously to be able to run marathons all over the world um is a huge family effort um and then being able to go back and support them too and and also that's who you choose to to hang out with on your free time and it's pretty cool um your family is really awesome and again i've said it a million times but a great role model support system there so um all right. So um, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you actually have quite a few honorable recognitions, um, really prestigious volunteer awards. Um, can you elaborate on any of them? Let's talk about the Coles Cares one. Um, what was that award?
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's called the Coles Cares um, the National Scholarship Award. Um, I won the regional one. So they put like my poster up in the the local stores and everything um and i was I was pretty psyched about that um and it was pretty Mm -hmm. awesome how like you know my mom's friends or whatever would go into the store and they'd actually see me and everything so i was i was pretty that was pretty awesome and then also being able to win money to donate and uh help go to college and everything um that was pretty awesome
2: no, that's um, that's incredible. I mean, Kohl's is not just like, you know, I mean, that it's a a national, <laughs> national store. So, um and then um we have a Jefferson Awards Foundation. What was that one?
1: Um so they um they I think they pretty much invite you up to New York and then uh, the other people that have won the award, um they help you with pretty much like promoting your campaign and everything and, you know, like, the things you say in interviews and stuff, um, they help you out in, like, pretty much the hardest, hardest parts, like, actually getting out there and getting awareness and everything.
2: Hmm. No, but that's good. I mean, it's teaching you kind of life skills, too, because it's, I mean, you can have a, a message you want to convey, but if, you, if you're not getting training on that, then it's a little bit more challenging. So that's really yeah. cool. Um, what about the Globe Changers one?
1: Um the Globe Changes Award. Um I guess they just um I think that's pretty much the same as the Jefferson one I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um and then there was also the President's Council on Fitness Sports and Nutrition Award that you that you won. Um and that's just I mean obviously you're fit. Um bringing great recognition to sports and nutrition. But um, when was that award?
1: Uh, I think that was from 2014.
2: Okay, good. And then um, now there's a brand new award, and this one is coming up this week, actually, on Thursday. You're being awarded the Young Heroes Award from the National Liberty Museum. That is awesome. Congratulations, first (laughs) off. Thank you. And um, tell me a a little bit more about that one. Um,
1: So they recognize you for your volunteer efforts and um, everything you're doing for the community. And then they feature you in a museum exhibit at the National Liberty Museum. And um, they kind of promote your story and um, award you with a medal.
2: That's awesome. Um, and then uh, is there a, a little bit of sibling rivalry going on around that one too? Your your sister's pretty into yeah. you. <laughs> uh,
1: my sister yeah. was kind of annoyed and mad at me because every time we go to a museum, I'm always like, yeah, this is boring. Like, I already know all this stuff we read about <laughs> in school and blah, blah, blah. And then she's always so interested and everything. And now she's really mad at me because I actually get to be in a museum and – uh she doesn't and it's it's pretty fun um you know it's it's a fun little <laughs> rivalry but um it's it's definitely get getting her pretty annoyed
2: oh <laughs> that's funny it's like you it's like you buckled your seatbelt first in the back of the car right <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh no but that's um congratulations that's really honorable so um so I would like to ask you um just a you know a personal question um if you had one piece of advice to give to another person, um, and that can be running or anybody you meet somewhere, maybe it's a grocery store, maybe they know you, maybe they don't, what would you say to them? Because you've inspired so many people, and I hope everybody's had a chance to be able to listen in, but what's your one piece of advice to give to another person?
1: I think the the one thing I would have to say is that you don't have to be big to make a difference. And uh, that that pretty much means that Everyone that was saying, "Oh yeah, you're nine. You can't. You can't like help kids. Like, what, what are you even doing?" That um, I ended up raising over forty-two thousand dollars. So, um, e- even if you're just like holding a door for a, like a senior um, in the grocery store or something, everything you do um, is making a difference, and they're appreciating it. So, don't don't like think that you have to do what I'm doing and and raise a bunch of money. Everything that you do to help the community helps.
2: That is awesome. That is extremely well said. Um, It's so true. Nick, I can't wait to watch all of your adventures from here on out. Um, please, people, visit um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, definitely contribute to a stateside campaign. Um, super inspirational. I'm, I'm really honored that you were able to take the time and, uh, to speak with us for this hour. Your heart is huge. Um, and thank you so much for coming on Voice America's Compassionate Life. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for being a part of The Compassionate Life. Please join Dr. Brittany King again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, how will you leave your compassionate mark on the world?